You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, meaning we asked for questions, you submitted them, and now we answer them. But before we do, Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? It's SEC Media Day today for Ole Miss. It's turned at SEC Media Day in Hoover. For the fans that don't know what's going on right now, Matt Crowd, Jalen Jones, Lane Kiffin, they're all going to take the stage in the Winfrey Ballroom. You've been there. What's it like? Um, you know, at, at the time it seemed kind of crazy because I was younger, um, hadn't really experienced anything, else, anything like that. And on top of that, you know, you ride a, a private jet down there and it's not like, it's like the private jet you see in the movies. It's like the private jet that, um, that's just getting you by. So, um, that, that, that experience was kind of cool. I mean, it was, um, it was a lot, um, you know, it, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was a cool experience. Now that I look back on it, it wasn't as big a deal as I was as 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 it probably seemed but um yeah it was it was a cool fun experience so what do houston nut bradley sal and kentrell lockett talk about on a flight from oxford to birmingham for sec media days um you know i mean it's probably telling all kinds of funny stories i mean kentrell looking at each other in the eyes whenever um coach nut goes off on a on a tangent about something awkward that um that we don't know anything about so um yeah, I mean, it, it, it was always fun. Anytime you got forty there, you're you're good to go because he's gonna keep the light and he'll be able to um to make sure it doesn't get awkward. He's so good at that. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes, and when you do, leave a five star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, and affiliate of two four seven Sports. A lot of questions to get to, not only from Twitter, but from my message board. For the first time, I think in mailbag talk of champions history. We're going to the message board to get questions, too. And, man, I gave them barely any time compared to Twitter, and they threw it up, man. I think it was 30 questions from the Old Miss Spirit message board. So we're going to go there. We're going to go to Twitter. A lot to get to. So let's just go ahead and get to it and open the mailbag. Mail time. The, the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the Modern Woodman mailbag to answer your questions. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Will our phone line sponsor Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. And no background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who's highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. Let's start at Twitter, at XTheWhistlerX. Would you rather Ole Miss go 10-2? With losses to Alabama and Mississippi State, or eight and four, with all of the losses being to non-conference teams. Um, I think eight and four going to Atlanta is, is the obvious play there. I mean, we haven't ever been, so um, I'm I'm taking eight and four. Although it would suck to have a loss to Liberty. Yeah. 
that would be the biggest storyline. Everyone would just continuously <laughs> stay on that, never give it up, never get over it. But anyway, if you go to Atlanta for the first time, that's kind of forgotten. Then you win that. I don't know if you're a playoff team or not, probably not with four losses, but still getting to Atlanta, that's where almost has never been. So I'm with you. Will Spots at could you, Will. Could you, hold on, Ben, could, could you imagine if we lost to Liberty, we ended up winning the national championship out of that eight and four slot and Liberty doing the thing that Central Florida did the one year where they claimed the national title. The one Ole Miss year they win the national title, Liberty is claiming they're the actual national champions. Yeah, that's the nightmare. <laughs> Will Spots at Will underscore Spots. Is it too lofty to expect Ole Miss's defense to be good this year with the pieces they've added in returners plus a full offseason with the coaches? I'm feeling very optimistic on that side of the ball. Tell me I'm crazy. Well, I think what the, the expectation is, um, yeah, I think what they did last year was so bad that anything serviceable this year is going to be like mind-blowing to Ole Miss fans, and, and, and it's going to look much better on the eye. So I think you can fully expect them to be much better. I think they're going to be very competitive. Um, you know, j- just honestly, if they – I mean, giving up points is, is is not too bad. I mean, just go out there and actually make some stops and, um, you know, get some turnovers that could that could really help out the offense even more. You don't have to be a dominant defense, but let's let's go out there and, and actually stop some people on multiple drives and – and actually give up a give a little fight there, and I, th- I think it's going to look much more improved. They, they've certainly improved the personnel, so um, yeah, I think it's realistic to expect them to be um, middle of the road at least. Marcus Simmons at Hey, it's Marcus piggybacking here off that previous question. What's a worst case scenario for the Ole Miss defense? What's a reasonable floor? You know, I, I think you can you can expect them to be in the. Um, I, I think it, at worst in the eighties. And then, you know, like, like you said, you've added a lot of guys, maybe they, maybe they do some, some different things schematically and, you know, you, you mess around and get in that sixties range somewhere in there. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's honestly last year, if we were in the sixties, we probably would have won every game or came close to it. So, um, yeah, I think that that's reasonable to expect that. And if not, I think there's reason to be concerned farther, farther past the personnel. Yeah, I would agree with that. I will say the worst case scenario is they're the same defense as last year which was disastrous, but they were still competitive because of the offense. So that's the worst case scenario, but we both agree that they're going to be improved. So I'm not really concerned in that respect. Deplorable Reb at Deplorable Reb. What receiver separates himself from the pack and becomes the true number one guy? I think it's going to be a mix between um, Drummond and Sanders. I think one of those guys, if Sanders can stay healthy, man, he's a really good downfield, um, downfield threat, down the field threat. So just by by everything I'm kind of you know seeing looking into it looks like they're really banking on him being that that number one go to guy down the field, um, but at the same time they used to slot a lot so maybe one of the guys that, that that's working the slot comes to go to guys so um, yeah I think it's going to be a mix between maybe Drummond Mingo and, and Sanders one of those three should break out and then uh, maybe one of the freshmen too man I mean how, how cool would it be to see one of the one of the really good you, know, you got JJ Henry Buck Halter. You got quite a few good guys that, that that we brought in. Maybe maybe one of those guys come out of nowhere. Maybe a Dennis Jackson comes out of nowhere. I don't know. That'll be an exciting storyline. I think we got enough talent. It's a matter of who's going to step up to like a, a next level type player. Red and Blue Reb at Delucci nineteen sixty eight. My opinion is Lane loves having a seat back at the SEC table, so I don't believe that there's a job outside of the top tier jobs in the SEC that he would leave for anytime soon. Maybe just wishful thinking. But what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think it's hard to tell with Lane, man. I mean, he keeps everything close to his vest. Um, you know, I, I think that I think he won't know until the time comes if he were to do something. And I think it would take astronomical money for him to go, you know, maybe leave or, or whatever. But I mean, who, who knows, man? I mean, it's right now he is here and that's what we need to focus on. I think fans need to need to quit worrying about what Lane's going to do and just enjoy him while he's here. And, um, you know, if you ever get to a point to where he is leaving, that means Ole Miss did some really good shit. And, um, you know, I think you just enjoy him while he's here. And then, you know, we'll let, let all the wins on the field take care of that. And, and then you hopefully when the time comes, Ole Miss finally steps up and says, you know what, there isn't a dollar that can be paid more to him than we can. And then it then puts the ball in his court to, um, to you know, to, to decide the stakes. It won't be a money issue. Look, the man's going to flirt. He flirted with Auburn. He's going to flirt. But I do agree that it would take a special circumstance and the right money to pull him away from Ole Miss because I do think he thinks Ole Miss is uniquely positioned to compete with where it is. USC was the special job that pulled him away from Tennessee. 
So there's going to be a special job potentially that comes open and somebody's going to be desperate like Ole Miss was for immediate national recognition and um, credibility. And that's what Lane Kiffin brings. And they might throw the bank at him. And that's where Ole Miss has to respond if it wants to respond, which it will, uh, or it has to move on. So either way, Ole Miss has been winning in this scenario. So if Ole Miss is winning, that's all that matters. That's it. So just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy winning. Enjoy being relevant. Because back when Keith Carter moved away from Matt Luke and fired him, Ole Miss wasn't relevant. And then he hired Lane Kiffin, and immediately Ole Miss was relevant. Nubby at NubSup69. I will never get over that handle. At the college level, how much of the offensive line blocking schemes slash assignments come from the O-line coach and how much from the OC? Adding on to that, how much do you think our offensive line play changes due to a change at offensive line coach? Any technical insights into our blocking or offensive line coaching? Yeah, that's a loaded question. So, um, yeah, I mean, the the O-line schemes are are, are similar. NFL, college, just, just depending on what um, – what kind of grouping you're in. If you, if you do a zone, you know, inside, some teams are inside zone, some teams are power. Some, some teams are counter, some teams are outside zone. Kind of, I mean, it just all depends on what the, what the actual scheme is, but, but the, at the grand scheme of it, you know, most blocking schemes are the same. I, I think that, um, you know, OC, so every team's different. Some teams have been on the OC, lets the O-line coach really control the run game. Some teams, the OC kind of controls it all. And, um, you know, that's all a preference thing. I'm not really sure what we do here by the guests. It's a, it's a joint effort. Lebby's pretty involved in, in, the, in this offense, but yeah, with the new line coach, I, I think that, um, the only thing that, that you'll see that's different is some of his technical, um, teachings, but as far as the scheme itself, he, he's going to, he's going to be teaching exactly what Lebby and, um, Elaine want. Um, you don't really change. The only thing the O-line coaches really do is change the, um, change the technique or, or help out their players with technique and stuff. But as far as the scheme, they're going to teach him how they want it done and wh- what they're trying to get accomplished and how, whatever technique he teaches to, to get that accomplished is, is what it is. That that's where, that's where he gets to come into play. But yeah, as far as what they want, you know, blocking wise, it, it'll, it's usually on the, on the OC unless it's like a veteran O-line coach that they really trust with the run game. Evan O, Evan LMNOP, with our football hopes hinging on Matt Corral remaining healthy this season, what can the coaches do to make him better protect himself? I know he's a competitor and a baller, but sometimes he's reckless on the run just to pick up one yard. Thoughts? Yeah, that, that's always a touchy subject with me. I mean, anytime you try to play that like, you know, hey, I want to protect myself game, um, you know, so a lot, of, a lot of times the guys end up getting hurt. I think it's better to go out there and be yourself, play the way you've always played, and then just pray there isn't an injury. Now, Matt has to know there are times where, you know, you probably need to step out of bounds or maybe get down. There's no need to take uh, take on two linebackers in the middle of the field. There's no need when you're running towards the sideline to put your shoulder down. Like, there's little things to do, but but to go out there and think about an injury and try to say, hey, I'm going to do something different to, to protect it, I think you go out and play your game. Go out and play your game because a lot of times when you try to do something that makes you uncomfortable, that's when you end up getting your ass hurt. So he'll be smart. You know, hey, uh, over the middle, don't don't be taking on guys, sideline, get get out of bounds. Other than that, he should be fine. Red and Blue Reb at DeLucci 1968. Who will be the back that gets the most snaps behind Jerrion Ely? Who will be the quarterback that gets the most snaps when the game is out of hand? Um, so the back that should get more carries behind Ely is Snoop Connor. The back that I feel will get more carries is probably Henry Parrish. I think that he is um, – Lane likes that kind of back. That kind of back really fits the scheme well. Um, but, yeah, I, I just feel like that they really like that kid, and I think he takes another step. But but it, just in talking about our running back room in general, um, this is probably one of the best all-around running back rooms we, we've had in a long time, especially with um, – you know, you got Ely, Connor, and Parrish. Those are all – know very very good backs and um you know i can't think of another year where, where we've been this loaded back there and then you got bullock or um i think that's his name he he is he's a guy they really like that runs really hard and he's probably the fat one of the fastest ones in the group so um yeah we got we got four solid backs on and i feel like that um i feel like Parrish will probably get the get the second most carries and the quarterback that probably gets the most snaps up until his freshman four games is over is luke altmeyer but kincaid dents the backup quarterback He's the backup quarterback uh, for mop-up duty and all that kind of stuff. Now, if, God forbid, anything happened to Matt Corral, then there's a competition that probably Luke Altmaier wins. But here's the deal. Matt Corral's got to stay healthy, period. He's got to stay healthy for Ole Miss to be successful. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. From a fan perspective, every game we play with Lane, 
As the coach, I feel that not only will we compete hard, but we have a great chance to win every game. Seems like the last time we had this was with Freeze. Brad, being a former player, do players feel the same way? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, a, a lot of the times when you go into a game, um, you know, you really start start developing this trust with your coach. And the, and the only time I've ever experienced this where I had like the true trust and and the coach was was Bruce Arians and. And sometimes, you know, you, you start seeing how well prepared you are going into the game. I think that's what these players are starting to feel and see is, man, like, like we're going to go in there and, and, and our plays are going to, the plays we go over every, every week are going to, we're going to execute and we're going to, you know, we're going to nail and the stuff we go over and practice is stuff that, that we're really seeing in the game and we're really prepared. So I think the players are starting to get that feeling, um, which I mean, it, it's obvious that they prepare at a high level here. So yeah, just having that trust and, and trusting that, that, that your coach and your leader is is actually, you know, providing you with the correct game plan and preparing you for what's going to come in the game and not just doing bullshit reps in practice um, is a big deal. And I think that's what these players are starting to see that, um, you know, even even if a team may be a little more talented than you, hey, we're going to give them a hell of a shot because um, our coach is going to out-scheme your coach most likely. Corey Clark, I haven't heard anything about Brandon Buckhalter lately. Well, it's the summer. Nothing's happening. I know quite a few people were very high on him. How has he looked so far? Yeah, I, I wouldn't know, um, you know, how, how he's done this summer. I know in the spring they were impressed with him. They liked him, um, had good size, you know, moved pretty well. He's, you know, I actually talked to a coach about him and said he could be a special player. All the, all the receivers said that they recruited, they were pretty high on. So um, I think, I think we'll, you know, we'll see more of him in camp. That this players in the summer, man, they're just working their tail off right now, working, you know, running their ass off in the heat and, um, you know, lifting really hard. So, you know, as far as this is just a time where, where you're just trying to get better and trying to get in really good shape before you go out to fall camp. So we'll get to see how those guys um, fare and once camp starts. And the question that he asked first that I let you go ahead and get football out of the way was, what did you think about Loki? I loved it. I wasn't a huge fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I hated the way it ended. I loved that finally Sam showed up as Captain America, but the story itself just was nonsensical. Um, WandaVision was great, but the finale, they did way too much Marvel stuff. When up to that point, the story was separate of a typical Marvel finale, and yet they had that. Loki had this perfectly done and consistent storyline and story through the finale that set up Kang the Conqueror so perfectly, and now we've got the multiverse. So if you can't get excited about that as a comic book person, there's something wrong with you, which leads us to the next question. Blue-collared, come a hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. I see where someone has already asked the question about Loki, but does the ending of the season diminish the Infinity Saga for you at all? Not at all. And I'll tell you why. Because of the multiverse! And it establishes Kang the Conqueror as that much more of a threat. So while Thanos to you was a massive threat. Well, now Kang the Conqueror is even more so. It's the only way that you could take such a formidable opponent for the Avengers and Thanos and one-up that, because otherwise... I don't know what they're going to do after that. See, that's what I want to see. Once the Avengers or whoever takes down Kang the Conqueror, then what? How can you get bigger than that? I don't know. Antonio what Batista... What is going on? I tried. I told you. I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to just let you do your thing and then move my on. Head is, my head is spinning. I know. Antonio Batista, at PD underscore Batista. Brad, if during your time at Ole Miss, students could have benefited from name, image, and likeness... Who would have had the biggest deal in what company? Also, could Greg Hardy have used his NIL to grow the throwing star industry? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I think it's obvious. You got like a Jevin Sneed, a Dexter McCluster, Mike Wallace. Those guys would have really benefited. Um, you know, the, the thing about that is, um, I mean, any little thing. I mean, you think about the big guys. Yeah, obviously, they'd make some money. And some guys would have been financially better off. Um you know, like they would have made some real money to be to actually leave college with and and go on and do something. Um, but I mean, even the little guys, man, I mean, honestly, dude, an extra 500 bucks a month would have helped out, you know, the majority of guys just, I mean, you're what you get, um, food wise when I was here, you know, food wise, scholarship wise, I mean, it was enough to like, I mean, get just by, by, I mean, like you couldn't do anything extra. So it was, um, I mean, even the extra five, 600 bucks, which is, which is not crazy to, to think that most guys are making on the side would have helped out big time. So I, I'm excited about this. I, I know some guys will, um, you know, really benefited from the, the smaller guys is what I'm excited about. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. Who do you think could be a fall camp surprise? Doesn't have to be an incoming freshman can be anyone. Um, fall camp surprise. I think, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think everybody is kind of, of kind of, has kind of showed up and you kind of know what to expect. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the freshman tight end. I mean, I, I, I get some good vibes from talking to the coaches about him. Um, not that he would be a, a necessary surprise because he's a high recruit, but, but to come in and be productive early would be, would be something that was probably not, not as expected, but man, I mean, he's athletic, big dude. Like this scheme is unreal for tight ends. Maybe he comes out and has a big year and we have like a, an all SEC freshman. Hunt Kinneberg again. What did you think of Loki and the show's season finale? Are you excited for the new Spider-Man movie since it's all but confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be in it? Okay, let me tell you something. I fully acknowledge that I'm a nerd when it comes to comic books and stuff. And Spider-Man is far and away my favorite superhero. Why? Because anybody could have gotten bitten by the radioactive spider and worn the suit. So anybody could have worn the suit. Peter Parker was anybody. So yes, Loki setting that up. I have never been more excited. And this takes into account Endgame, Infinity War, doesn't matter. I've never been more excited about a comic book movie in my life than Spider-Man No Way Home in December. I cannot wait because my favorite collection of villains, save for Batman, who's got the best catalog of villains of anybody. My second favorite, Doc Ock, Electro, Green Goblin. <laughs> I can keep going. Vulture. I love this. Scorpion's going to be in it, for Christ's sake. I love that catalog of villains. And now knowing that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is going to be folded into the MCU. So you're going to see not only Tobey Maguire, but you're going to see the Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. That's going to be awesome. Not to mention that my favorite show on Netflix was Daredevil, and Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil, was perfect as Matt Murdock, and he's going to be in it too. So I'm so pumped up. Yes, I'm so pumped up. Shut up, Brad. Blue-collared, comma, hard nose. <laughs> Would you agree that Ole Miss baseball has three legit candidates for SEC Player of the Year in Elko, Graham, and Gonzo? I wouldn't put Graham in there, but Elko and Gonzo for sure. And I could see somebody like a TJ McCants emerging. I think Kevin Graham's kind of hit his ceiling of what he is. And it's not a knock on him. He's a great college baseball player. But Gonzo still has room to grow. So he's obviously, in my opinion, number one. He was the freshman of the year last year, according to D1 Baseball. He's going to be the number one candidate for that going into next year. But Tim Elko can certainly be that guy as well. But Kevin Graham, I don't know. I, th I think he's kind of hit his ceiling of what he can be, which is a really good college baseball player. And he's going to help Ole Miss win games if they can pitch. The offense is going to be great, and he's going to help Ole Miss win games and bat third or fourth. But I don't think he's an SEC Player of the Year candidate, so to speak. Blue collar, comma hard nose. Give me your bold predictions for Ole Miss sports in the upcoming year. Um, I think all I think all three teams are gone postseason for sure. Ooh. Um, basketball basketball is my um is probably my least confident just because I just don't know. You know, you just don't know what you're getting with those. I've never seen you know you've never really seen those guys play. Some of the guys play. Um, but, uh, there could be, there could be some surprise players there, but I think football for sure, postseason, baseball postseason, I think one team makes it very interesting and makes a championship run. And I don't, I can't decide whether it's football or baseball, but, but one team is going to do it this year. I, I'm very confident in that. Here's my bold prediction for football. Matt Corral finishes as a top three Heisman finalist. If we're going to go bold, just go bold. Um, basketball, my bold prediction is Matt Morrell takes a Terrence Davis-like step up in year two. And then my bold prediction for baseball, oh, God, people are going to roll their eyes because they're just so tired of talking about baseball right now. But I'm, I'm just going to say it. Ole Miss makes it to Omaha. Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't, we know what happens next. We do. KJ underscore the underscore rebel at John KJ McCollum. That's a mouthful. Recruits, we have the best chance of flipping. I don't know. And I don't think Brad does either. So next time I have David Johnson on, he's the one that does the recruit checks here on Talk of Champions and updates me and you and everyone else on Ole Miss football recruiting. I'll ask him that because I think I was going to ask him that last time and just forgot because I probably got a little too talky. So next time I get David Johnson on here, that's what I'll do. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. Thoughts on John Cena's return. What did you think of John Cena's return last night at Money in the Bank, man? Um, I was probably <laughs> stock market or oh, oh. reading a Hmm. Uh, reading a book about something productive. I have no clue what John Cena did or does. Okay, he's a wrestler. Money in the Bank was last night. I don't watch WWE anymore because the I product is terrible. He raps or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but that was back when he first broke in. Now he's more of a salute the troops kind of uh, action hero come to life for the kids type of deal. And I've always just hated John Cena. But Roman Reigns right now is doing the best work of any heel in quite some time. 
and it's been just what we've all called for for so long. So it's been really hard not to watch it, but I only watch Roman Reigns stuff because he's so good at this. John Cena comes out to close out Money in the Bank, which, by the way, Big E winning is awesome, well, well earned, and so overdue. Anyway, John Cena comes out. It's one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. Ever heard. Now, granted, it had been a year since WWE had had a pay-per-view with fans in the stands, so it was going to be loud no matter what, but he's the only one that could have generated that pop outside of maybe CM Punk, but I don't think CM Punk could have even gotten that. And I hate John Cena, but it was awesome. I saw that on social media. That's how I watch WWE stuff now because I just cannot sit through three hours of that crap product. But Roman Reigns is awesome, and John Cena got that pop, and I got to give it to him because I don't like Cena. That pop was insane. KJ underscore the underscore rebel at John KJ McCollum. Any information on the barbecue? I don't think we're there yet. Are we there yet? Have we decided what we're going to do there? We have not. Um, I know we have to decide whether or not somebody can convince us to like ribs. Um, I just don't think they can, I mean, man. I mean, maybe. I mean, it just it all depends. I mean, I, I don't I don't see that happening, but, um, <laughs> you know, potentially. We'll figure out something. And I think my buddy BJ Smith wants to be the one that convinces us that ribs are good. So hook us up, man. Tell us when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and we'll do it. We'll do it with BJ because he's the one that says he can convince us that ribs are good. I have my doubts because not only do I think they look disgusting, I've had them before and I hated them. But maybe my palate has changed now that I'm 35 years old. Maybe it's different now. I doubt it, but I'll let you give it a shot. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after we hear briefly from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Now let's go to the Ole Miss Spirit message board for the first time. In talk of champions mailbag history, let's go to the Ole Miss Spirit message board where, I gotta say, Twitter people, I love you. I do. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. But I put up at around 3.30 on Monday, need questions for the podcast if you got some shoot. And sure enough, the Ole Miss Spirit gave me 30. I mean, come on, guys. Gotta step it up on Twitter. Starting with South Mississippi Reb. Number one, three questions. Number one. How many more seasons that come up short of Omaha does Bianco have left before Carter cuts him loose? One. Next year. It's all about Mike Bianco next year. I think you and I are in agreement about that, too. And the fact that he hasn't talked about it, he just refuses to talk about it, despite multiple requests to talk to him, tells me that next year is all about him. And if they fall short, we know what happens. Yeah, and if Mississippi State's back in Omaha next year, you can all but hang it up. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Number two, what is your favorite cut of steak and method of preparation? Um, you know, it's a mix. I, honestly, I, I really like the New York strip, and it's the only, only reason why is because we would never um, 
I was in Arizona and Chicago. Stake 48, which is in um, Stake 44 in Arizona. Stake 48's in Chicago. The Stake 48 also in Houston. I'm telling you, like, it has the best New York strip I've ever had in my life, um, which typically I would probably do like a, a ribeye or, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the others. But, man, they, there's this New York strip they make at Stake 48. I feel like I'm advertising for them, but I don't have to. Um, is is unbelievable. Bone in ribeye. Number three, will the Braves ever make it back to the World Series? Well, let me answer that with a question. They're one win away from going to the World Series last year, and what did they do? They didn't push all of their chips to the middle of the table. No, they cut costs. They cut costs. The bullpen's been a disaster. I think 22 bullpen losses this year. With just two decent relievers, they've probably got first place all but locked up right now in this crap division. Instead, they're one of three teams that have not been over 500 all year. So will they make it back to the World Series? As long as Liberty Media owns this team? No. No. Because they were one win away. And what did they do? They cut costs. And I don't want to hear anything about COVID. The Dodgers, winning the World Series, went and signed Trevor Bauer. And I know the Dodgers and the Braves are in two totally different categories. I get that. But the Braves have plenty of money. Don't let them lie to you and say they don't have money. They got money. Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies are on really cheap contracts. And this is the time where they could go overspend, maybe go out of their comfort zone for somebody or two bodies. Instead, they cut costs and handed Drew Smiley, of all people, $11 million for a year. So no, I don't believe they're ever getting back. I believe last year was the last chance we're going to get. Maybe I'm pessimistic, probably pessimistic. But it's just hard for me to be optimistic considering how they responded to being one win away from the World Series. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Anon, 6025770 underscore scout. Your comment on men's basketball record coming year in recruiting. Recruiting, can't really speak to it too much right now because a lot's got to be resolved. And the, one, and the reason why I said it's not a cop-out is because the transfer portal has completely changed the way they approach it, and they're not going to take anybody right now unless it's somebody they absolutely love, like one of the big-time bigs. If they can get one of those four-star, five-star bigs right now, they'll take them. Other than that, I'm not sure who they're going to take right now because they're really perusing the transfer market all year, and that's what they're going to really attack and approach as far as recruiting come the spring like every other program right now. Because look at like Arkansas or Tennessee or whoever. Every year they're just recycling new transfers in. So I think Ole Miss is going to get in that business as well. Pretty much did it this offseason, but it's going to get much, much more prevalent moving forward. But as far as record, oh, God. I think they get to 20 wins. Sure, it's going to be tough. The SEC's improved. I don't think Ole Miss has improved enough to make a move in the SEC, but I don't know. I think this team wins 20 games, falls a little bit short of the NCAA tournament. I, I just don't have a lot of optimism for this team to make the NCAA tournament. I just don't know. But if Matthew Morrell does take that step that I mentioned earlier, like Terrence Davis did, yeah, they could do it because that'd be a superstar type step up. And now you're really talking about a tournament team because a Matthew Morrell star turn with all he's got around him as a supporting cast, that could be a really sneaky good team. Farrell 21. You're stuck on an island 
with three former or current Ole Miss coaches from any sport. Who are they? Um, three coaches. So I'm going to go with um, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely put Coach O on the island because I need some um, – I need somebody that can go – Yeah, I need someone to go bite a, bite a bird's head off with or something. Um, give me – let's see. I want, I want Billy Brewer. And um, I think he'd have some some good funny stories, and then um, maybe Tyrone Nix because I want to see him and Coach O have a have a conversation. You picked all football first. Ed Orgeron's right on because I feel like Coach O could survive. Andy Kennedy for the stories and for the entertainment value because you're not going to have a television or a radio, so you want somebody that can make you laugh. Andy Kennedy, and the third one, I honestly don't know. I can't come up with anybody. Not Houston Nut. I tell you what, Terry Price. Coach yeah. Price would have been a good one too. He was he was the funniest hype man ever. I mean, he was he was very lit before the games. Ninety nine bumper. Hey Jim, as it stands today on a scale of one to ten, what are our chances of landing Arch Manning? I don't know three. I think right now it's Clemson and Texas and everybody else. Yeah, I I just think that's I think we're a little far off from being able to tell there. I, I think I don't think anybody's going to really know until you know. I don't think they're going to give anything away in that family. I just. I don't know, all signs point to point to them letting this kid really make his own decision. And here, here's here's the here's the sucky part about it. Um, with this whole name and likeness thing, uh, it, it adds a whole new dimension to a guy like Arch Manning and his um and his ability to go out and earn real money. And it, it would just be hard pressed for him to to go away from a market like a Texas or a Clemson where he can earn millions upon millions of dollars. And and you know Mississippi market may not be quite quite the same so I, I don't know I, mean, I, I just feel like that um that that that, that it, that's going to play a, a little bit into it as well um which sucks for for school like Ole Miss going forward you know hopefully that um hopefully this doesn't turn into a where it's just such a it's already it, football is already getting top heavy it could get even crazier now I mean it could literally be the same five teams that get every player just because of the the money issue Davis McGee 12 who has more receptions next year Ely or Plumley? Um, I think I think Plumley will. I mean, just I, I think that um, I, I think you know with him, I think he'll play wide receiver more than Ely. Well, he's going to get a lot of screens, um, you know, a lot, a lot of little dump stuff. But I think Plumley will be a, be a part of the passing game. You know, significant passing game. Um, I didn't I didn't think he was like a, a slot candidate, but after having a few conversations, I, I, they think that he is um, potentially a slot candidate. So, um, yeah, he's. He's gonna he's gonna play receiver more than anything. Rug back. How much will Ole Miss and other smaller market schools suffer from NIL? Yeah, just just kind of touched on that. I think that it's gonna, um, yeah, I think it's gonna suck um, for the smaller schools. And um, we're not necessarily a smaller school. We can definitely produce some, you know, some some NIL stuff for kids. But man, I mean, some of these other schools really have an advantage when it comes to that. I mean, I, I just I, I know the whole Texas world because I lived there for a while. My wife's from there. In Texas and in Texas, they just got they got money that that that's unfathomable. I mean that that's they got some very long money out there. So schools like that are going to really have a big advantage on on this NIL thing. They're going to be able to, to to supplement their players into, into certain programs and stuff where they're making thousands and thousands of dollars, even the lower players. So um, that's going to be a part of the sale. And then that you know you get in that Texas network or you get in that Georgia network. I mean, there's it's going to be tough. It really is. There's another way to put it. We're just going to have to hopefully be able to, to funnel on some, some good stuff here as well. Triple B 40 Ben craziest recruiting story under freeze that not many people know about. Uh, what's a recruiting story I can actually tell. Okay. Here's one. The night before signing day, Drew Richmond told Ole Miss he was coming. Right. And then the next morning he completely ghosted him, which tends to happen. And sure enough, at his announcement, he's announcing for Tennessee. Draw your own conclusions on that one. There are a lot of stories. If you got me off the record, if you just came up to me and said, hey, man, I'm Triple B40 from the Oma Spirit message board. Tell me a crazy recruiting story. Brad knows a lot of them. I can tell you many, many, many stories, but many are not repeatable on this particular podcast. But that one was fun because everyone thought that Ole Miss wasn't ever really in the game for Drew Richmond, and they absolutely were. And he actually touched base with Ole Miss. He contacted Ole Miss. I'll say this about recruiting. Um... You know, some schools get in trouble for they get caught, you know, whatever, giving out money and, you know, obviously you get in trouble. But I would say probably nine out of every 10 players in the NFL 
um, that comes from certain schools claim they got paid in some sort of sense, which is, um, which is crazy to me. Any kid of any note got paid. I, I would, I would agree with that. I think that there were, it maybe not got paid directly, but there's indirect ways of, of making sure people are good to go. And that just is what it is. I think that's why the NCA was like, you know what? I mean, hell there's really, it's been going on anyways forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might as well make it legal. So, so somebody can benefit from it. Yeah. It's been going on forever. Everybody knows about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. It's fair market value. So kids were basically putting out there saying, look, I'll come to your school, but I need this, this, and this. Why, why wouldn't they make demands? The NCAA is not the police. It's not the FBI. So no matter what any Mississippi State beat reporter in particular would tell you, what happened with Ole Miss, Ole Miss didn't do anything particularly egregious in either of those NOAs that came out. And now you got Greg Sankey coming out on Monday saying at SEC Media Days, the NCAA needs to uh, handle cases in an expedited manner and all this kind of stuff. Where the hell were you five years ago? You didn't say any of this stuff five years ago, but now that players can profit off of their name, image, and likeness, now you're taking that position. That's great. That's the right position, but you're a little late. Mike Slive would have never allowed for Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case to get as far as it did. Never. Never. It happens. Kids get paid under the table. It doesn't matter. Let them get what they get. But now you can actually just admit it. It's all out in the open now. And what I loved, you know, I have a lot of issue that I take with Greg Sankey and Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case. But what I loved hearing him say on Monday effectively was that he's lost all patience with the NCAA. And they don't really need him. He didn't say that exactly. But effectively, that's what he said. And I think you're going to see that with all the conferences. They don't really need the NCAA. And at some point, all the conferences of consequence are going to step away and form their own deal and police themselves. Why wouldn't they? Why do they need to pay Mark Emmert millions of dollars? Why? <sighs> Yachtney, what's biggest surprise in basketball workouts? Matt Morell. I wrote a story from Riley Allen, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach, and I asked him any player in particular that's standing out. He mentioned directly Matthew Morell, and the numbers he's putting up are eye-popping. Uh, the fastest half-court sprint he's ever recorded on a laser in his seven years of doing it on a laser. So Matt Morell's having that type of offseason that you want to see him have in order to take that Terrence Davis step up. I'm not saying he's going to do it. I did my bold predictions, but I'm not saying he's going to do it. Bold predictions are just guesses, putting yourself out there. I I don't know what he's going to do. I will say he is taking the right steps, though, including really doing a lot of good work in the offseason. NC Rep 66, any info on how season ticket sales are going? No idea, but I would assume they're going well. COVID's yeah, done. I, I would assume, yeah, COVID's done. Yeah. Lane and Matt Corral, they're going well. Yeah, I, w- I would assume they're they're probably at all time high, but um, that's something I'll actually check on. I, I'll be interested to see. I know I know kind of that that department, so I'll I'll actually check on that and see what they say. Boom! There you go. Um seventy seven eight zero eight two. Brad said that Ely didn't always run the zone run right. Please explain what the zone run blocking scheme is designed to do and what Ely needs to do better. Also, what backs at Ole Miss in the NFL currently or in the past ran the play the best? Yeah, I think I think Ely's probably his biggest struggle would be the inside zone. I don't I don't think he reads it as well as as maybe Parrish and Connor does. Connor's really good at it. Um, yeah, I, I think that so so when you're looking at inside zone, um, depending on if you have a tight end on your side or not, or if it's a weak side um, or strong side, but. Um, you know, r- really what you're trying to do is, is, is the play is always called for, say, if it's a right side and it's a it's a 14 or a 12, whatever it was, it's called for the front side. But but re- in reality, 99 percent of the of, of inside zones or zones, they come off that backside combination block with the guard and tackle. And I feel like Ely at times he'll he'll press it and, and try to go out the front side when, when in reality he should be coming out of the backside or. Or, or pressing it, pressing to, to try to get those backers to flow, then they come out of the backside. So I feel like that's the one run that he could probably get better at. Um, I think he bounces it a little bit too much. Um, you know, and, and he's a little bit slow to read it, where, whereas a lot of guys are really good at pressing that front side and setting up the block to come out the backside. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just something I, I think that, um, that, that he will get better at. And, and there, there's like a lot of little things that um, – you know he could improve on but but yeah the inside zone i would say was, was probably his his run that he is um he struggles with the most just to read i think i think from a reading standpoint it's tough to trust that front side man i got like a lot like a lot or, or trust that the back side 
side's going to open up because it's usually last minute where that B, we call it a B block or whatever they call it on the backside, um, scoop block, B block, whatever. Usually a combination up to that backside backer. If you can get him flowing by pressing on the front side, you can you can catch him and go out of the backside. So, um, yeah, I, I would say inside zone is probably the one thing he struggles with. Any running back he asked that has done it the best? NFL, college, doesn't matter. Um, inside zone backs that have done it the best. So, uh, I would say that Brandon Bolden was pretty darn good at at the inside zone. He was um, he was one of the best. You know, obviously when I was here, he him and Dex was Dex was good, but he was Dex was just kind of a hey i'm gonna find a crease i don't give a crap what the scheme is whatever um dex was pretty good but brandon bowl was really good inside zone um yeah there's, there's a lot there's a lot of great backs at inside zone in the nfl i mean there there's you can name it for days so that's probably the main run in the nfl um and yeah there's there's multiple ones that can that can really set it up and, and cut it backside when he was in his prime todd Gurley could do it the best yeah, Todd, Todd Gurley's a, he's he's an outside. Yeah, he's a really good inside zone back, but he's a really good outside zone back. Him and Jordan Howard were were really good at kind of pressing it, pressing it front side. And man, as soon as, as soon as you would get the stampede going, they would put their foot in the ground. They would just absolutely explode the backside. I mean, it was um, they, yeah, they were very impressive at it. Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, he was he was really good at it. Um, he he was he's probably one of the, one of the better ones of all time as well. He was. He's really good at kind of setting up that front side precedent and breaking back. I mean, he he did it. He actually was when he was with the Bills. He was he was unbelievable at it. That's when they led the led the league in rushing. Scott P twenty one. If you had to do one of the two over again, Cam Akers or the Mike Bianco situation? I've been sitting on this question for a few weeks. I stand by both of my reporting in each of those cases, but Cam Akers. He retired me from from covering recruiting. Not that I ever really enjoyed covering recruiting. But after that, when I said, I, I can't, I can't anymore, guys. I'm done. I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. I've never touched the stuff since. It's like getting dry. You still see it sometimes. Or David Johnson will come on and do a recruit check. And you give me one little taste. But that's all. That's all I can ever be. No more. I'm done with it. DM Harris 7. Will we see the gray pants this year? And can we just go ahead and make the powder blue helmet permanent? Um, yeah, I think you'll see the gray pants. Um, and I mean, it, dude, for like, for like a traditional Miss fan, like you look at it and I'm like, you know, it's cool to change it up, but from the outside looking in, man, people think our powder blue is so fire. I mean, that they like it and it's, and I think that, that they know that. And it just, it just, I guess for recruiting purposes, it, it goes a little long way, but people that aren't like traditional Ole Miss fans or like other fans of other school, they always say, man, that powder blues are bomb. So I, love I guess them. if that's getting some rec- – yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, listen, at the end of the day, the uniform argument, just freaking win. I don't give a shit what you're out there in. Bring, bring Ole Miss to relevance and win, and, um, you know, it's whatever. Here's the bottom line with the uniform discussion. What are the recruits like? What are they like? When they come into town, what do they want to put on when they do the photo shoot? That's all that matters. Sports guy one, number one, has the mystery players off the field issues that have been talked about been resolved yet? Not that I'm aware of. Number two, any word on how close Eli Acker is to cracking into the offensive line rotation? I liked him as a recruit. I think he's close. I mean, I think he's right in there. Um, you know, bar an injury or so, he's he'll get some reps. I mean, he'll he'll certainly get a chance to be the um, you know he he's a guy's body type could be tackle or guard. Um, potential maybe some center in there i mean i think he'll get he'll be a guy that that you know an injury or two he could potentially be in there but um i think he's close i mean i, I don't think he's far down um super far down the list i think he's right in there center point reb what can we do better in baseball recruiting with the 11.7 limit in comparison to the other schools in the conference i don't know what else they can do better they've been really good in recruiting that's not the problem here yeah, they got limitations, but they've been working with those for so long, and they've been signing top classes since then. Everybody's looking at the number this year. I think they're like 35th. That has more to do with the amount of guys they could sign this year because of the holdovers from COVID and all that kind of stuff. The roster stuff is funky. That's the only reason why they are where they are. Otherwise, they'd be in the top 10. They always are. I don't know what they can do better baseball recruiting-wise, but the injury question is a problem, and also the collective mindset when Omaha is on the line. I don't know how you solve that, how you get over the mental hurdle of that. Peyton Chatagnier was on this podcast last week. I asked him about the mental hurdle, and he acknowledged it. He was frank. He was open and honest. I don't know. 
I, I don't think the recruiting or anything else is the problem. And I don't know how you solve the biggest problem, which is that mental hurdle, because no one can tell me different. That's there. That's real. Mike Bianco, he knows it. I asked him about it after the game. He doesn't know. What is it? How do you solve it? It's the unsolvable question for Ole Miss. Is the answer just somebody different? A new voice? I don't know. But that's the question you're probably going to have to face if Ole Miss doesn't make it to Omaha next year. Going to jump right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Rebel Rabble. Do we expect more baseball transfers other than pitching when we take any position players? No. Tim Elko coming back, solves the lineup, it's done. They got the first baseman. That's why they were dabbling with first baseman in the portal to begin with. There are right now no real intriguing prospects for them in the portal as far as pitchers are concerned. Now, that could change on a dime. It could change any day. So they're going to continue to monitor. I think it would be folly to say they're not going to add somebody else. But right now, there's no obvious guy. 92 Rebels. Is Greg Sankey the worst person in the southeastern United States? No, I can think of a lot worse. Lauderdale Co-Reb. Brad, how do you see this current offensive lineman doing in comparison with the upper-tier SEC offensive lines? Um, I would argue we're up there. Um, you know, we have two guys, I know for sure, that are, that are at least mid-round picks to potential, um, potential playing their way into, you know, first, second day kind of guys with Broker and Brown. Um, I think, you know, we don't know what the, the kid from Utah, he, obviously he's a decent player. He's a senior. So you got to think that he is going to be our starting center, which puts Brown at, um, you know, at right guard, which, which makes our line ultimately better. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be a competitive offensive line. I think we, we got enough to, to be, um, to be pretty good considering last year we were, um, you know, led the SEC in rushing. Kind of answered his second question here. Do you think the Utah transfer will be a significant improvement over what we would have had without him, meaning more than just obvious depth? Um, I, I don't know if it's a significant improvement, but I know it's going to make our line better because you're putting a guy that is a, a draft, uh, a NFL draft um, guard back at his normal position. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it just overall makes our line better. And then you bring an older guy in with some experience, and um, yeah, that, that, that plays a long way, especially at center. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that, that's what they see happening here. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen, but, um, yeah, I think it just makes it better. Dugout Reb, Bianco last year in 2022, if no Omaha. Yeah, probably. FMFL Reb, time machine question, facility upgrades, all sports in five years. What do you guys envision? Ben and Brad are off the cuff. I enjoy the podcast. Thank you. What do you envision? Um, I think football is going to take the biggest jump. Uh, I know that I, I had had lunch with Keith Carter one day, just kind of looking over and you know, just talking about some of the visions. I think that is um, they're going to catch the indoor facility up, you know, to, with the rest of them in the SEC. It's the same weight room that was there when I was there. It's it's long overdue, so that'll be a great challenge for Ole Miss fans to step up and kind of kind of help fund that. Um, you know, so I think football is going to for sure take the biggest jump. Um, I'd like to see in baseball something done with left field, maybe get a little closer to the field. I don't know if that's ever been discussed or whatever, but I think that would be the next thing, maybe be left field um, at, at Ole Miss Stadium. I think the basketball arena is – I don't think you're going to see much difference in that over the next five years. That that one is honestly a, a very, very nice arena. Softball needs something desperately. Uh, basketball, they're pretty yep. all right. There's some, there's some cosmetic stuff they can do with basketball. You're right on about football. The IPF has to be overhauled, and they know that. 
Um, and I think they've already announced a multi-million dollar project, not only to update the IPF, but also to fix Vault Hemingway Stadium because that west side of the stadium has to be fixed. It looks terrible. So Vault Hemingway Stadium, next yeah, five years, they're going to they're gonna do something not only to the IPF, but to Vault Hemingway Stadium to improve it. So I think in five years, we're going to look back and think, oh my God, remember that overhang and how ugly it looked? Because it's not going to be there anymore. I mean, you look at our our sweet list. I think there's like 106 people on the wait list. That, that, that's a significant amount of income that, that we're passing up there. I think that has to be addressed. I think there needs to be anybody that wants to buy a suite that should be available, especially at the prices that they're charging. Um, so I, I think there's just a, there's a good chance to earn some money there. And then, um, yeah, you're right. Softball. I'm sorry I left them out. That's, it's actually a program that I, that I'm excited to see, um, see kind of grow my, obviously my daughter's at, at softball camp yesterday. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they, they improve that facility quite a bit, which I think they're, they're long overdue for. Bull 2050, predict the best win and worst loss we will have this year. I'm assuming this is about football. The best win, I think, you know, I, I think that we, man, it's, it's hard to tell just because you don't know who's who's what and who's going to be, you know, you know what teams are going to actually be good, what teams are actually going to be bad. So it's hard to predict right now. You know, the, the worst loss for us would be to lose the Egg Bowl, especially after they won the national championship in baseball. That would be worst-case scenario, losing the Egg Bowl, which history tells us, man, it, it usually – it usually if we're really good, it's usually the year that we ended up losing to them. But, um, no, that would be worst case. And then best case would be knocking off one of the – you know, I mean, I think you, you could knock off Alabama, which would be a dream come true for – to get back in that kind of boat, but yeah, one of the one of the bigger SEC schools that are that are you know up there with with a lot of wins, the LSU's, the the Alabamas, the Auburns, those would be those would be pretty good wins for us. I say best win LSU, worst lost Arkansas because Ole Miss apparently just can't beat Arkansas anymore. Rebel rabble, do Rebel fans have their hopes too high? Nine to ten wins in a top ten to fifteen recruiting class for the football program. I worry that my excitement has me setting too lofty of goals. That is the most Ole Miss question ever, and I love it. Yeah, well, here's the thing, man, and, and it's just this is the way it goes, okay? Ole Miss, judging off what they did last year and who they have back, there's no reason not to think that that they shouldn't win nine or ten win, nine or ten games. I mean, you're returning most of your starters. A lot of other SEC schools are losing their quarterbacks. Ole Miss was in every single game. I think Florida was maybe the only game where where we ended up. Florida and Alabama were the only two that we ended up losing. You know, kind of getting away from us late. Um, you know, the defense was was a, the worst I've ever seen, and we were still competing. Now, assuming they get better and our offense is, is, is as is, I mean, dang, they're, they're, I don't know why you wouldn't think that we weren't a 10-win. I mean, hell, we were an 8-win team last year if we played our non-conference games. You know what I mean? So so there's no reason not to think that, um, that we can't win another five SEC games and, and win all our non-conference. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's realistic. And what it is, that's, that's – comes with the territory that and i think that, that the expectation should be this high rebel rebel 2468 over under jrp's all-purpose yards 505 touchdowns oh he's he's going to be over that for sure um especially assuming that he's going to go full-time at um i mean he had 70 what 70 something yards receiving in the bowl game doing it doing it for one week kind of a volunteer so if he's doing it full-time and then really gets going um, yeah, I mean, he could he could be a potential candidate to have, you know, maybe 100 yards a game, total purpose, you know, all-purpose yards, especially with him getting maybe sweeps, reverses, you know, I mean, all kinds of different stuff you can do with him. But, I mean, hell, in one game, he caught 70-something yards and made some catches that essentially won that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be heavily involved. I'd say that's about right, to be honest with you. Man, oh, Reb, who will be the biggest hoop surprise performer? Well, I've been touting Matt Morrell this whole time. Dugout Reb, what are our chances of signing Arch Manning 50-50? Again, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say a 3 right now. I don't know. It's really, really early for all that. Maiden Dixie, with COVID numbers increasing, I saw on the news that six SEC football teams have hit the 80 percentile on vaccinations. Also, teams will not be allowed to reschedule games this year because of COVID. Have you heard where Ole Miss is on their vaccination numbers? Thanks. I don't know the exact number, but I think Ole Miss is going to be fine. Because I think now that you know that the SEC pretty much put down a mandate that if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to forfeit games. That's all kids need. That's the only motivation they need. You're taking away games from them, they'll get vaccinated. M. Shane, how many more transfers in football are we expecting? I don't know what we're expecting. I would say I would say expect maybe one more, um, but but maybe not even that. I mean, this is getting pretty late in the process now, man. I mean, 
I mean, I, I mean, we're getting, I would say what, maybe a couple weeks from camp here. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect anything significant. Um, if it did, it would be, um, I mean, it would be something would crazy would happen with the player or something. I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that, I think we're, I think you shouldn't expect to see much more, maybe one more, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing that's going to be significant. I don't think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. This is going to make you roll your eyes. Matt Smith. Okay, here we go. My moment. Give every SEC head coach a Lord of the Rings character. Example, Ed Ordron, any Oregon freaking. <laughs> uh, no, Ed Ordron would be Gimli, and Lane Kiffin would be Legolas. And obviously, Nick Saban has to be Sauron, right? Or you could say Ole Mrs. Boromir. Why not? Um, God, don't make me do this. I don't know, man. That's really hard. <laughs> don't, don't make me nerd out. You're on so passionate. You're so passionate about these these questions. You just light up. It's it's unreal how how much you love these. I'm just questions. trying. I'm trying. Well, it, I would. I take them seriously, but you can't just throw them on me. I haven't read any of the questions. If I'd have saw that beforehand, I'd just had a full list for you and been done off the cuff. That's so hard to do. Matt Smith, Brad, you are now in charge of the Ole Miss equipment staff and decisions. What changes would you implement to football uniforms and why? Um, I, I don't know that I would, you know, I, I would be in the, the mindset of, well, I'm, I'm obviously old school just cause I, you know, was raised almost fan, whatever came to all the games. So I enjoy the, you know, the old gray pants with the, you know, I enjoy the old Ole Miss look, you know, thinking it back to some of the Ole Miss LSU games back in the day. Um, you know, just, just, just the visual I have, but at the end of the day, my mindset would be, Hey, what do recruits like? And, and what, kind of stays keeps it traditional so i try to find a good mix and um you know yeah you got to do what you got to do to get players on there so yeah i mean i I would just i would gear off what the coaches and players want and i I wouldn't wouldn't say much else about it here's the deal with brad he won't say it but this is true when it comes to uniforms he's a traditionalist a hardcore traditionalist you know you are yeah no i'd I'd fully admit that but i I, i'm i'm cool with with change too because i've been in locker rooms i know that 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 the swag so to speak is means something for her guys. All right. That's fair enough. Just put it this way, Ben. So, so I'll speak on that. So swag means so much for some guys. I have watched guys, players take a $7,500 fine just to wear the socks, the way they want to wear it every week. Whereas a guy like myself and some others were saying, Hey, give me the picture of what uniform that you want us to wear NFL. And I'm going to wear it down to the T, even the wristbands and the, in the, in the generic picture, because I'm not paying a dime to have swag. So yeah, there's guys out there that, that take uniform fines every single week. So if you see a player that's not wearing the NFL socks, he is choosing to take a $7,000 fine, $7,500 fine. If he's got his shirt hanging out of his Jersey, he is taking a fine that week. It's coming out of your check. So, yeah, that's how much swag means to certain guys. Matt Smith's going to finish this off. Also, Brad, this is great. Give your Ole Miss an NFL comparison scouting report for the infamous Ben Garrett, please, and thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. That, that puts me on the spot. I'm trying to think of a um, very athletic um, – <laughs> very athletic, um, slightly – dad bod guy that we've ever had um i don't i don't know man you put me on the spot there um just say taylor polk man no matt matt so old Matt. so nfl i'll give you like a we'll say matt overton he was a long snapper with the uh with the colts okay um I'll, I'll give you a matt overton i mean that was he played a little while um so no actually i got the perfect guy and everybody okay. looked this up pat pat scales from the chicago bears long snapper Dude, that is your that is he's your he's your guy. He's he's your NFL comparison. Um Ole Miss. Oh my um, god, I, I'm, that is oh god, that is great. I'm giving him <laughs> I'm Ole Miss, I'm gonna give him Matt Luke. Oh man. Pat Scales is perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> he's even ginger. Pat's awesome too. He's a great guy. He's he's one of my favorite play, favorite teammates. He's the funniest dude I ever played with. He's he knows he's not athletic to be in the NFL, but he has this great talent to snap, and he just makes great money every year, and he snaps it right to the punter, and he's hilarious. When he runs down the field, he's like, man, I should not be running down the middle of this field right now <laughs> with NFL players. But, um, yeah, he's an awesome guy. With the red beard. I can't grow a beard, but that's perfect. Oh, God. 
This has been Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review, a nice run of recent reviews, all five stars. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Drop one if you haven't already. Wherever you get your podcast, we're there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and fit of 247 Sports. Going to come back later this week before I break to go to the beach, hoping to have Jacob Springer as the guest. I'm going to Destin, so if you live in Destin, come find me. I'll be there. Come meet me at Fud Puckers or Harry T. I haven't been to any of these places since I was like 14 years old. And my daughters, they're going to go for the first time. And I hope the track is just like it was. I told them I'm going bungee jumping. We'll see if I follow through on that. If I do, I will post the video on Twitter. Because God knows it'll be absolutely ridiculous looking. So that's what I'll be doing next week. But another Talk of Champions coming on Thursday. See you then, buddy. See you, man. Hotty toddy. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.